Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben, and in this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast, we're taking you behind the scenes for our special 150th episode. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. As I said at the top, this is a super special episode. So a little while ago, about 12 months ago, we hit episode 100 and what we did was we got Bree in here with me and uh, we cracked a bottle of Fireball and had some beers and just uh, talked between us um, for... Whew, that nearly went two hours, that one. That was a really long one. And so what we decided to do was we thought, okay... Let's do something similar, but what we're going to do this time, we're going to get Michael from Very Media involved. And so what we did was we set it up a little bit differently. We set up a panel table out in the backyard out there, and Michael from Very Media interviewed Bree and myself. So we're going to be taking you really, truly behind the scenes, behind the curtain, under the hood, whatever euphemism you want to use, uh, from not just my perspective, but also Bree's perspective, because Bree often does a lot of the work behind the scenes, um, while I'm the one out here show ponying in front of the camera. So it's going to be great to bring her out at, as well and hear some things from her perspective. Now, before we do get to that, I do have a couple of announcements that I need to run by you. The first one is that I'd like to welcome our podcast partner for this episode. This is Jagged Woodfired, and we're super proud that uh, that Jagged has partnered with us for this run of episodes, and particularly for this 150th special. Jagged has been a part of the Smoking Hot Confessions family for pretty much as long as Smoking Hot Confessions has been around, so to be able to have them be part of this episode is, is super special for us. Next up, winter is just around the corner, so do jump onto smokinghotconfessions.com slash shop, grab yourself a hoodie and a beanie. Uh, we've just got the current run, and then once they're gone, they're gone till next winter. So make sure you jump on, get some of them, and get nice and warm and toasty. Next up, we're going to talk a little bit more about Barbicon during the episode. Michael um, asked me some questions about that. We're moving the date of this to July, and I'll explain why later in the episode. <laughs> My lawyer says so. Okay, uh, the next thing is that we have an ebook available for you for free. If you're at the beginning of your journey, if you're at the start of your low and slow barbecue journey, you want to check out the Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue. This is available for free over on our smokinghotconfessions.com website. Head on over there, have a click around, a pop-up window will appear, slam your details into that and we'll send it out to you. And lastly, come join us at the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue community on Facebook. It's the nicest little corner of the internet. It's a Facebook group that we've set up. All the guff is left at the door. Anything that is divisive, we leave behind. And it's just about inclusive community, bringing people together through the power of barbecue. So if you think you'd like to hang out in a family-friendly barbecue-related group, come join us, the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Community on Facebook. Now, if you are watching this on YouTube today, make sure you give us a thumbs up, a subscribe, and hit that little notification bell. If you're joining us from Facebook, we want a, a, a like, a share, and a comment. Make sure you're following us as well. IGTV, it's a cute little love heart and a follow. Those cute little love hearts are just wonderful. And if you are listening on a podcasting app, particularly if it's Apple Podcasts, do give us a five-star rating and review uh, because they really help push us up the charts. That tells Apple that they should send the show to more people like yourself. So if you could take 30 seconds, give us a review. We'd really appreciate it. All right, so now there's not too much else for me to say at this point of the show. Um, as I said, we are going to be taking you into what we've been up to in the last 12 months. But I think that's probably all the intro that I need to give you. So let's get into this episode. 
This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? All right, it's uh, my starting? All right, I'll start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, you thanks, start. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to Ben and Bree for inviting me here this morning for celebrate the 150th episode of um, Smoking Hot Confessions. We're going to ask a few questions, find out a little bit more about what you're doing and why, and uh, and we'll go from there. Sounds great, mate, and and thank you for coming. We, we do realise that it is a Sunday, and we are starting almost an hour later now than we said we would, so we... Um, Certainly appreciate your your patience and your kindness. That's all right. The beer's flowing, so as long as the beer's flowing, I'm happy. And, I, <laughs> and I'm told that there's steaks on the way. There are. There are definitely steaks on the way. You don't come to our house without getting fed. No, that's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this is a so this year is the 150th episode. There must have been times in the particularly in the past year when you thought maybe we wouldn't get here. Um, so can you just take us back to? When you started and why you started and how you feel that the program has or the podcast has, has evolved over those 50, 100 to get to this point. Yeah, right. Um, so it's it's kind of an interesting story. I um, I was in a, a, a job at the time that wasn't particularly creative around 2014. And at, as a creative person, I got really um, sort of aggravated in that job, really bored, disappointed. Um, I've had jobs un- like that. Unfulfilled. <laughs> um, and so I, I started the blog. Uh, Smoking Your Confession started as a blog in January 1, 2015. It was my New Year's resolution to be more creative. And it was just me cooking outside on the grill, taking photographs, writing up recipes and writing stories related to barbecue and publishing them on the, on the blog. And uh, it wasn't long after that the competition barbecue sort of hit. And um, so I ended up getting involved in that. Went down the rabbit hole on that. And at the same time as I was doing all that, I was also training in martial arts, a Korean martial art called Hapkido. And after I got to my second degree black belt in that, my instructor closed the gym. He had to move to Sydney. And uh, so I was shopping around for a new gym to, to, to go to. And um, I was researching Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And I was searching on the internet and I found this thing called a jiu-jitsu podcast. And I was like, what's this? What's a podcast? And so I started to listen to that. And I very quickly realized that not only was no one doing that here in Australia, but no one, but there was only at, at that time, I think three other people in the world who were doing a barbecue podcast. And um, I ended up getting into it that way. And now how the show's evolved. So right now, this is the 150th episode and we did the 100th about a year ago, I yep. think. Yeah. And um, so we've done 50 episodes in the last 12 months. Now, for, as a frame of reference, we started in 2015, at the end of 2000, sorry, at the end of 2016, we started the, the, the podcast. So it took us four years to get to 100 episodes and it's taken us one year to get to 150. So Must be getting good at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, a, it's all getting um, to be a lot smoother now. So that's good. And uh, Well, we weren't traveling quite as much either. <laughs> we we did have a lot more time at home. We had this a little year. bit more time at home this yeah. year. <laughs> and what about you, Bree? You're a creative person as well. What was your take on um, first the Ben's idea of the, of the podcast and and then your contribution to it? Oh, look! I mean, this has been such a journey for us. I mean, like if if you don't mind, I kind of want to just start with a little bit of origin story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, ben oftentimes starts the origin story about. You know, he met a father and some kids in an RV park when we were staying, um, when we were camping over holiday weekend. And um, in my honest opinion, it started a little bit before that. 
Um, <laughs> someone, uh, you know, the big plan, similar, I think, to a lot of families is you're like, all right, you know, we're going to get the house and we'll make sure we have the jobs and we get the house and we'll have the baby. And we have, we had all these plans and we actually waited until I was 36 to even try because we wanted to make sure we had everything sort of in line. And Ben had an amazing job at a college and we felt really, really secure and just kind of like a lot of people that oh, probably the, the university. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people that have experienced recently, um, you know, there was just a, a downsizing and they closed the campus and they moved to another city. And um, unfortunately, Ben lost his job at that point. And that was a year after I had left my job. And luckily, it just ended up working out that I was able to go back to work full time. And he was able to take over, um, take over as the stay at home dad. And um, that was not the easiest time I think that we've ever experienced in our relationship. Well, it sounds difficult, but it also sounds fortuitous in a way. Absolutely. Too, because, yeah. yeah. Well, look, I think, um, I think, you know, this idea that we have of sort of the nuclear family and the responsibilities between men and women and what a family unit looks like and how you operate is just not realistic for the time that we live in. And I mean, we have to be able to be adaptable. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the things that was really cool about that it was really hard when you first, you know, yeah. had to come home. And I think uh, you were angry at the beginning because we, he built that dream. I wasn't angry about being at home. I was oh, no, angry no, that no, I lost no, that no. job. But yeah, but I mean, like, we had, I'd, I'd, I'd spent 10 years working towards that particular career path. And then. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was during that time that, you know, when you're trying to figure out what the next step is and what you're going to do. And we had had conversations about like, well, you know, you'd almost educated yourself out of a job. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I think you had two master's degrees at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we were kind of looking just for creative ways to be able to, you know, pay the mortgage and, and function as a family. And, and we were frustrated. And I remember you and I had an argument and, and it was, it was, um, I remember you said, what, I say, I think I remember asking you if you, if money wasn't an issue and you could get paid to literally do anything at all, what would make you happy? And I remember you said, I want to get paid to sit in my backyard, cook barbecue and drink beer. And I remember I was like, well then find a way to go do that. And you did. <laughs> Getting there. And it started off, it started off as a blog. It started off as you reaching out to other men and, and, and creating, you know, recipes so that they could stay at home and look after their families in a way that made them feel like they were, you know, um, masculine and, you mm. know, maybe they didn't necessarily know their way around a kitchen, but most men know their way around a barbecue. Yeah. So that was a really easy fit. And it just sort of evolved into that. And then you asked me, what did I think about the podcast? I thought he was nuts. I was like, how on earth are you going to take this visual and it's such a visceral sort of media. You got to smell it. You got to taste it, you know, hear it, everything and, and do a podcast on it. And, you know, he's a teacher. Yeah. He's by nature a teacher. And so he was like, look, I'm going to teach people, you know, how to do this by getting people who know how to do it yeah. because he wanted to know how to do it as well. And he just and, shared. And barbecues, um, it's just in, in essence is, is conducive to conversation. So you go to a barbecue, you talk, I mean, you mm. talk but you know, you talk. <laughs> um, um, so there's a there's a natural affinity between the podcast and um, it's different not to talking at a barbecue, but at, as opposed to talking about barbecue, yeah. and uh, and that's what the podcast and it's inclusive. You talk about the uh, the masculine side of it, but it is inclusive as well. Absolutely, isn't it? So and there's like I, I want to be very clear that 
when, when I said that, yes, there is that masculine part of it. There are a lot of women that are entering and dominating the scene at the moment. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, predominantly been a, a more male um, sport and, you know, until yeah. until recently, but. We've always been very careful here. Things are changing. At, at Smoking on Confessions, too, to make sure that we are as inclusive as possible. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's true. So how, how long did it take before people within the industry began to know who you were and began to want to be part of it as well as guests? Surprisingly not long. Um, so you, your first question today was, how's the show evolved? So we were recording in seasons, and then when we'll get into the madness of last year a bit later on, but... Um, we now are a, we publish weekly. Um, and so I did the first series of 10 episodes just cause I wasn't sure how it was going to go. I wasn't sure, you know, I'd like, I'd, are people going to be into this? Are they going to want to be a part of it? And, um, so I, I did the first 10 episodes and it wasn't too long after that, um, had been put out into the world that I got a call from a guy. He's down in Tasmania, Rowan, shout out to Rowan. He was uh, putting on a little competition, uh, in, in Melbourne. And he said, mate, um, I'd, I'd love you to come and MC it because, you know, you, you're good on a microphone, you're good in front of people, people know who you are with your podcast now, so can you come down? I was like, yeah, sure, I can, I can come down to, to help with that. And he goes, now, I can only afford to pay you 500 bucks. Is that okay? And I went, <laughs> hang on a minute. Pay? You, <laughs> you want to pay me to go to Melbourne to hang out with my mates, talk about barbecue and drink beer and just talk about it? He's like, yeah. I went, yeah, I think I can help you out with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do you that favor. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it's just sort of built from there and it's grown from there. And, uh, I mean, we get invites now to go to festivals in, in the United States. Um, of course, that's obviously not, not feasible um, just with our work arrangements at the moment. But uh, un- until recently, we were going once a year and we're doing four-week trips and trying to pack in as many different events in that time as yeah. possible. But, yeah, we are getting invited now to go travel the United States. And I even had uh, inquiries uh, in 2019 to go to Ireland mm. and uh, to, to a barbecue competition over in Ireland, which um, that, that didn't end up panning out either. But, yeah, we're, we're certainly picking up attention all around the world and um, it's, it's really good. All right. So you, you were talked about um, being invited to the United States, um, Ben and Bree, um, and – Despite how popular barbecue is in Australia, the US is really the, the international hub for the barbecue industry, barbecue competitions, isn't it? And Brie, I notice you have a, a slight accent, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so I gather that I gather that's an American drawl I can hear. Can you tell me something about? Did you grow up with barbecue, or is this is, is that between you and Ben? Well, the accent actually comes from Colorado and probably more mid to northern midwest it's arkansas (laughs) but my family is pretty much from arkansas and the south and louisiana so if i go home for any period of time whatsoever i come back with a southern draw for at least a good several weeks or if i have a couple beers it comes out i was gonna say it's either four (laughs) weeks back in the states or it's a bottle of wine (laughs) and then she turns into the southern bell again (laughs) yeah but um you, you know you were asking about that that competition scene and barbecue scene in the states it is actually quite different to here because it's very new here in Australia. If you go to a competition in the United States, I'll bring up the one that we went to in Texas, our mm. first run out. It was like going to a massive music festival 
with multiple bands and like there were, you know, you've got people there that are competing that have huge trailers, (laughs) huge sponsorships, like we just rocked up with backpacks <laughs> and it was, it was, it was, I think how, how big was this, the site that we were working on? So, um, and just maybe explain why we were there. Were you seen as interlopers or, or, or as, no. as like weird foreigners that had come over? Or, no, no, or, no. Or was it all very, as that inclusive word again? So. Well, it's uh, it, it was the world's barbecue championships yeah. in, in Houston and we were one of the invitational teams. So we basically, we, we jokingly say that we Stephen Bradbury'd our way into the world championships. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm always a bit dodgy about Americans saying world, this world, that. I, I just think of the world series, mm. which, you know. No, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so it probably needs a bit of explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, there, there were, um, I think, eight international teams there. Mm. Six or eight? Eight. I think it was eight. Like, so you were talking about the, the size of the marquees. So when we compete here in Australia, we usually get a three metre by three metre space. Yeah. Or if yeah. you're lucky, you might get three by six meters yeah. mm. um which in in feet what's that 12 by 20 yeah. feet or something a bit like conventional cooking competition outdoor yeah, cooking yeah, competition yeah. yeah 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 but over in the states they've got these uh, particularly at, at, at the world's barbecue championships they had these the only thing that i could equate it to in australia was a wedding style marquee yeah. Mm. Yeah. like an outdoor wedding marquee and every team had one and uh, and a proper bar and set up full, full bars, staff. stages, staffed, live bands. Because part of the fundraising was that the public could buy tickets to come and party in your giant marquee area. Um, so, as international teams, we basically shared one of those marquees, but yeah. all, like all the local teams had one each, and it was just massive. And on a <clears throat> on a scale to, to to give you an idea of scale, the Thursday night was the quiet night. There was only thirty five thousand people on site. You got a leaf on your head. Oh, is it a leaf? Oh, yeah. <laughs> at least it's not a spider. I, yeah, I thought <laughs> it, it is Queensland. I wasn't sure what was dropping out of the yeah. tree to get me there for a second. It's always wise to take a moment. <laughs> is, yeah, yeah. Um, so Thursday night was quiet, thirty five thousand. Friday was seventy thousand, and Saturday was one hundred and twenty thousand people oh, on site. Lord. And in the four days of the festival, we raised, I say we like we were a huge part of it, but um, we raised 27 million US dollars uh, for charity to help um, underprivileged teenagers who want to go to college, but their parents can't get them there. Yeah. Um, so compare that to the size of a barbecue comp in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, bar- barbecue comps have got to start somewhere, don't they? So, what, so talk to me a little bit about the, the barbecue scene in, in Australia. Mm. And I'm, I imagine that through the, through the podcast that you're helping to grow that industry in a, in, in a way. So tell me what you, what you think about the industry here. Well, that's, that is kind of what we're dedicated to is we are dedicated to growing the barbecue scene. And so I spend a lot of time speaking with barbecue competitors, manufacturers, uh, rub, rub spice uh, creators, and our whole goal here is to grow the whole scene. Um, there's no point in us trying to make the biggest, best show out there if there's no one for us to talk to. So the best thing we can do is build everybody up and so we all grow together. Mm. Um, that's our basic goal here. And so at, at every opportunity I get, I'll go to a barbecue competition and I'll interview competitors. I'll interview the promoter of the event. Um, we do a whole lot of work to, to do all that promotion um, and, and get all that happening. And so uh, to answer your question, yeah, that's that's kind of what we do is we are trying to build the Australian scene to the point that it is in America where it does attract that massive corporate sponsorship 
and becomes this huge thing. And as a result of the work that was put in by people who came before us, you know, you got uh, Jay and Adam and Jess, the co-founders of, of the ABA, at, as a result of that and their different offshoots of what they do, we've now got Meatstock, mm. which is opening up a fourth uh, event in 2022. It's coming to Queensland, uh, which is phenomenal. If you've never been to a, to a Meatstock, it's just amazing. It's, it's the biggest barbecue festival outside of the USA, mm. and it's just absolutely massive. Yeah, I'd also like to just talk a little bit about the Australian barbecue scene here. One of the things that I have been able to experience is there is a real cultural difference. You know, when we were in the States, it is it is highly competitive. Like, there's a lot of alcohol flowing, and sometimes I wonder if part of it is to just knock the other teams out of competition on one of the party nights before you actually go into the comp. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fierce. And it's the same thing here. Like we have a good time here at competitions as well. But one of the things that I did notice about the Australian comp scene, and I don't know if it's because it's still growing and it's smaller, but I actually think a lot of it has to do with that cultural mateship that we talk about Mm. in Australia. Like you go into a comp and trust me when I say these men and women are incredibly, incredibly competitive. They're fiercely competitive, ridiculously competitive. But when it comes down to another team or even a brand new team, a rookie team coming in for their first comp, and you see somebody struggling. I have watched teams offer up their gear, offer up their equipment, offer up like things that would probably even possibly affect their scoring yeah. to make sure that another team had the opportunity just to be able to compete. Yeah. And that's pretty special. Well, that's the best type of growth, isn't it? Because that's when competition actually changes to become community. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what you want. If you're looking for your next barbecue smoker or grill, Jagged Woodfired has got what you need. Owners Julianne and Glenn are multiple award-winning barbecue competitors who have even travelled to the US to compete at the World Barbecue Championships in Houston, Texas. Based out of Perth and shipping nationwide, Jagged is one of the largest pit builders in the country and has an ever-growing lineup of meat cooking machinery. Not only do they have their now famous smoker ovens, their incredibly efficient gravity-fed cabinets are proving extremely popular in commercial settings. And they also make some of the most stylish asado grills you're ever going to see. Jagged is also well known for amazingly detailed custom work ranging from backyard designs all the way to installations in commercial kitchens. Proudly Australian designed, owned and manufactured, you can find out more at jaggedwoodfired.com.au spelled J-A-G-R-D. Once again, head to jaggedwoodfired.com.au spelled J-A-G-R-D to learn more. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. So we're, I mean, you talked about uh, going to um, to competitions. Who Who is holding competitions uh, in Australia? I know, the, I know here on the Gold Coast there's a, um, a quite lively scene, but where else have you been? Oh, where have I been? Yeah, or, <laughs> to, um, you know, to, to MC and, and do those types of things. Yeah, so Smoking Hot Confessions has, has taken me to a, to a whole bunch of places. Um, you know, I, as, as I said, we've done three, two trips now to the United States. Um, so we've been all around Louisiana, Texas, uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Mississippi, uh, Kansas, Kansas City, Kansas. 
Um, and then in, in terms of Australia, it's taken me as far south as Hobart for the Hobart Blues and Barbecue Festival down there. It's taken me as far north as Townsville for the Townsville Barbecue Battle. It's taken me across to Western Australia to Perth for the different charity competitions that Stefan Jenner puts on over there. Um, he does some amazing work. He's, he's all about charity. So his, his festivals are all just uh, purely for Lifeline Western Australia. And it's just, it, it's a pleasure to get over there yeah. and to see, you know, we're, we're talking about the, to see the barbecue community getting behind the wider community and, uh, and, and how those two can sort of help each other out is, um, is something really special. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I suppose we need to talk about the, the elephant in the room, for, in the world's room. In the, in the past year, I'm imagining that you start the podcast in 2016 um, and you build and you build and you build and everything should be ready for the, mm. for the you know, the go over the top and, and then suddenly um, it's how, A, how did you um, uh, react to um, the arrival of the of the and B, how did you get through it? Because you have gotten through it and you've, you've actually... Um, from what you were saying, the number of uh, episodes you've been doing, you've you've actually accelerated um, the podcast and grown it that way. So how how did you uh, cope with uh, with the? Yeah, well, um, twenty nineteen was was huge for us. We did a four week tour of the United States. I went all around Australia with it. Um, in total, I went to a twenty two events in in twenty nineteen. So that was it was almost one every other weekend. Yeah. Um, which was huge. It was massive. I was so tired at the end of 2019. <laughs> um, but 2020 was going to be our year. That was going to be like, we'd had this massive build through yeah. 2019. We were just going to hit 2020 and just smash it. And of course, uh, and so the, the biggest thing was um, the National Barbecue and Grilling Association. They invited us to work at their event in 2019. So we went over there 2019, worked at the, at the conference, doing some media stuff for them. And where was that? Uh, that was in Kansas city. Yep. Yep. And, uh, off the back of that, they said, hey, we really like what you're doing. Can you be a presenter at the 2020 event? So great, beautiful, fantastic. Let's, let's do that. So I wrote this beautiful big presentation and PowerPoint slides. And I thought, you know what would be great? An online course to back up this, this PowerPoint presentation. So we started Meet and Fire Media Services off of the back of that and set up the online course through Meet and Fire Media Services it's uh, brand building through strategic social media management, which was what I was going to be presenting on. And uh, the, so the first three months I was working just like absolute crazy to get this course up and off the ground and starting from go to woe, like writing it, filming it, editing it, uploading it, making, I had to build the website myself, like everything in three months. And, um, and then of course all the, all the madness started. And um, in March, right before we were supposed to go. And I actually bought the tickets two days before the World Health Organization declared it a global And so that just squashed that. Good timing. But do you remember that episode of The Simpsons where they're they're supposed to go to Duff Gardens and and, and Homer's really sick and he's like walking around the house in a blanket going, Duff Gardens. That was me. It was was a week before the, the, the conference was supposed to start and I was still going... I'm going, I'm going to MBQA, I'm going, I'm going. Yeah, we were like, you'll be going alone. <laughs> yeah. We love you, yeah. I love you, but yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to be yeah. staying here. Yeah, yeah. So I was that, so scared we were going to get stuck over there and we actually, if we... If, we we would have. We would have. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, they actually cancelled the festival, the, the conference, so they, they made that decision for us. And so we were left sitting here going, okay, 
So we're going to this 12-week lockdown. We can't go anywhere. There's going to be no events in the foreseeable future. So that, that whole side of the business was just axed overnight. Um, what are we going to do with this time? So, so we sat there and thought, okay, how can we move forwards? What are some things that, that, that we can do? And one thing I'm good at is technology and adapting with technology. And we, we mentioned before the Facebook group and how we've worked to make that as inclusive as possible. We are really protective of that group. And we have a lot of friends in that group who are business owners who were far more affected than we were. Um, and so I knew that they needed support as well. And so we did a couple of things. One was we moved the show from a series format to um, a weekly, weekly yeah. episodic show, just so we were touching base with everybody every week. <clears throat> and it also gave us more of an opportunity to, to feature some of our friends' businesses who are in that group and sort of do what we could do to help them to keep, keep yeah. trade going through, the, through, through that period. Uh, so we did that. And we also did um, the Smoking on Confessions barbecue game show. <laughs> so I'd, I worked out how to create an, an online interactive video-based game show. So people were able to join a Zoom call and they were able to actually be a part of this thing live and enter all their answers and have their different scores and their names appear on the, on the screen, all this sort of stuff. And we did 10 rounds of that and um, picked up a couple of sponsors, jumped on board, Four Monkeys Barbecue down at, uh, Dan, with Dan Barrett out of Melbourne and um, Goat Brewing came on board with a couple of prizes. And I think also what was really good about that group as well, I mean, you talk about protecting that group. We, were, we made a point of making sure that that stayed non-political, non, it's, you're here to talk about barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not, there's another place for it. But here we talk about barbecue and mateship and coming together. Yeah. And yeah, so I think just having that kind of space to be able to escape to without having those types of conversations mm. was really important during that time. Yeah, yeah. And so the, the third thing that we did was after each game show was finished, I'd then start a new Zoom call and it was all unbranded, unrecorded. It was just, it was like just sort of sitting around a campfire a and, and just having mm. a chat. And I think probably that was probably the most important thing we did. I think. Well, I think in that type of that type yeah, of environment, you sure. can better gauge those who are struggling more than others, don't you? Yeah. So, and it, it, it can it can serve to focus your attention on, you know, a person that might need more help than another. So. Well, yeah, yeah. And also too, you know, without actually being able to physically gather. Yeah. Um, it's kind of easy to have people sort of fall through the cracks, and so I think just having a space, a safe space where people could come and just talk about what was on their mind was a really important part of that, that time for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, so those are the three things that, that, that we did to evolve. And as a result of sort of showing that we can use technology to still keep this scene alive and st still stick together, we, we started to be invited to different virtual events that were being held around the country. I was going to ask you about the virtual. How do you have a virtual barbecue event? Look, it is tricky. It is tricky. Um, we, we were involved in three different ones and all three of them were different. So I mentioned Steph and Jenna before. Um, hell or high water, that guy's going to do his thing for, for charity. doesn't matter what's going on. So he, he devised this system over in Perth where um, a competitor had to recruit some of their neighbours in the street and the neighbours then got on a Zoom call and, and went through a judging course on, on the Zoom call and then the competitors had to do like basically like a knock and run 
on each of the neighbors' houses. Uh, so it was contactless delivery. Mm. Um, so they did it that way. And so then the judges in the neighborhood would then send the scores to Stefan where, where he was in his HQ and he'd put it all together. Um, so that was really interesting. The guys up in Townsville, Townsville Barbecue Battle that I've been working with for two years now, going into a third year this year, um, they did something a little bit different. So instead of having the neighbours be the judges, they said, okay, we'll be the judges. You come to us and you knock and run on our doors with your, with your hand in. So they had contactless delivery for that. And um, the guys who organised the event were the judges because they already knew what they were looking for and that sort of stuff. So that was quite interesting. And then um, Scott Coleman and Luke Nagel down in Victoria did another one and um, they did it. It was, uh, it was more social media based. So you had to take a video of your hand in. So judges typically when they're doing barbecue, they'll do squeeze tests and pull tests and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So the competitors had to actually do that in the video. <laughs> and um, to prove that you were doing the video on that day, they emailed you a little uh, paper presentation sheet with a particular logo on it yeah. that, that they only emailed it out that morning, that morning so you could yeah. only print it that morning so all all of the content was guaranteed to be yeah. done in as part of that competition so you know three very different approaches they all worked really well and they all helped to keep the barbecue scene alive and so we're starting to see um some events started to come back later last year so yeah. uh julian up here based out of brisbane does the barbecue and beer roadshow um, I've been working with him for several years now, three or four competitions a year, and nothing was going to stop him either. So towards the end of the year, he put on one up on the Sunshine Coast, and that was a face-to-face -face event. That that was really good. And then we did another one, same guy, same Sunshine Coast, but a bit earlier this year. Um, and then I've been down to meet in the Dilly last weekend down in Sydney, and uh, we'll be jumping on online for a... Uh, I'll, I'll be doing a virtual competition running alongside a face-to-face -face competition with the Townsville yeah. barbecue battle as well. So, you know, we've managed to do all these things um, to not only keep us going, but we feel like we've contributed to um, keeping the scene going as well. Talking of competitions, um, it would be very remiss that we didn't mention um, your success in, in the well, the international competition scene. Just take us back to the, the NBBQA uh, results of the past couple of years and just tell us what you have achieved with the with the podcast. So we we started out quite small. The, the NBBQA is the National Barbecue and Grilling Association and that is the industry body for barbecue in the United States. Um, so it, it's not a cooking competition. It's a, it's a business recognition competition. Uh, conference with excellence awards attached to it. Um, so the first year uh, was 2018 was the first year that, that we were involved and the podcast picked up third place and that was only one category that we were nominated in. We did pretty well with that and we, we were happy with that. 2019, um, we picked up a couple of different awards. Um, we, picked, we moved up to second place for the podcast second place for the barber for the smoke not confessions website which was great because that's one of the hardest things i've struggled with yeah. is learning how to build a website um so I, I, I built all that myself so for that to pick up a prize um that was pretty cool and oh the hail mary t-shirts yeah that was awesome. yeah the we, we picked up best barbecue t-shirt for hmm. 2019 which was <laughs> which was pretty cool um and so that that was the year that we were over there working the event so 
that was pretty cool. And then last year, 2020, um, of course, we had to sit here and watch it from the lounge room. But, uh, yeah, we picked up first place for the podcast. We picked up first place for uh, live fire cooking for a a photography um, aspect and a few other seconds and thirds for a couple of other different things. But then this year, we really hit it hard. Um, We ended up picking up eight nominations and we got awards in seven of them. Um, And the highlights of which were first place for the podcast for the second year running. So best best barbecue show two years running and best website. The the barbecue website actually got bumped up into first place. So, um, and then photography and writing and all all that sort of stuff as well for all the other stuff that we do. Um, So yeah, we kind of cleaned house this year. Which was really cool, yeah. and then and then thanks to yourself with um with Very Media with your business, um you wrote a beautiful uh, uh press release for us, and that got us into the paper, and then that snowballed into the Channel Nine TV news spot, and so interest is definitely ramping up and and peaking in the show again, and um yeah, yeah we're looking at uh, we've been invited to be part of Meat Stock for 2022, which is to be invited to be part of Meat Stock is exciting. Yes. <laughs> You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd, Ben Arnott. Looking ahead, as, as we need, you know, 150 episodes is a great thing to, to look back on, but then you've got to look forward as well. You yeah, can't, yeah. You can't stay locked. We don't want that word lockdown anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Um, so look, looking ahead, how do you keep things fresh? How do you, what do you, do you have plans set in place that you want to achieve, say, by show 200? Are you looking forward to the idea of going out again amongst people at festivals, competitions, that type of thing? Yeah, look, we um we are definitely looking forward to getting out there again. Um, we keep things fresh by creating different styles of episodes. So we've got kind of like a little mini panel episode here. Um, the bulk of the episodes, obviously, since I started doing it video format, have been remote interviews. So it's me in my office and someone in their office and doing that over the internet. We've got... Um, uh, live after dark episodes, which is when I go to a competition and then in the evening I'll set up a panel type thing and get a couple of competitors in and we talk about anything really. And then we've got our live at episodes, which is where I'll run around and I'll do three to five minute mini interviews with people and then stitch them all together. So we've got like a whole four or five different um, styles of episode now. And I think that that kind of variance makes sure we've got something for everybody. And it also lets us be in as many places as possible. So by working out how to do this video live streaming over the internet thing, we can literally be anywhere. Um, two days ago, we were talking with Bill Dumas over in Texas um, at Brotherton's Black Iron Smokers. Um, you know, we can be anywhere at any time. And that's, that, that's been great to be able to add that um, aspect to the show as well. And we're, we're just constantly looking for ways to evolve. So we're about, I think we're about 40 episodes in now in, into the video format, and even that's changed. Mm. So when we started doing that, we started doing that on Zoom, and I was having to record it in Zoom and then manually stitch every little piece of it together. And I, it wasn't long before I went, listen, this is... Yeah, that wasn't fun. This is, <laughs> this is eight hours work for a one-hour episode of the yeah. show. This is nuts. Mm. And so I started researching um, different ways of doing it live. So that's why now we've got the camera and the laptop here and 
where I can see that it's recording and, and editing everything all at the same time. So, you know, the more ways that we can find to evolve, that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, do we, ha- do we have a plan for evolution right now? Not particularly. We're just going to make sure that what we're doing now, we just polish this and get this right, yep. get this perfect. Um, and, as soon as I can get the uh, get control of the clouds, um, so that the video feed doesn't keep going to like daylight, nighttime, daylight, nighttime, yeah. um, then I'll be happy. So it's clear that you're um, you're very busy, um, but in fact you're you're extremely busy because you're running three three businesses: what smoking hot confessions, meat and fire media services, you've and we've got, got an Airbnb. You've got the Airbnb. You're still teaching, uh, Brie. You're doing photography, social media for a business group that we're in. Um, how does the family? You've got a young son. You've got a new dog <laughs> <laughs> and an old cat. <laughs> how does the? How do you um, work the, the the family dynamic? How do you keep it? you know, going. Um, one thing that, that the Bree and I have always done is we've always put um, put the family first, put each other first, and we're never one to hold the other one back. We, like mm-hmm. we, we never sort of say, no, you can't do that. We always say, well, give it a go and let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're constantly evolving together. It's not like one of us is, you know, developing and and moving along and and the others are being left behind we're all we're constantly um constantly it, it evolving and i mean it when it comes down to it it was a family uh reason a family thing that that enabled us to sort of take smoking on confessions to the next level so 2017 we had some pretty big losses um brie lost both her parents in in a in a 10-week period and um that left us with a, with a little bit of money and it was in 2017 that we got the invite to go compete at the world's championships we're talking about before yeah. in, in 2018. And so we were able to basically use a, a little bit of that inheritance money as like as a seed money mm. to say, okay, we're going to take smoking on confessions a bit more seriously and we're going to bump it up to the next level. And what we've done is we found ways of including everybody in it. Um, so, you know, one of the things that um, that we want to do is we want to teach our son to have a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit to him. Um, I was raised by parents that were always like, get an education, get a job, get an education, get a job. And I found that, you know, I'm almost as educated as I could possibly be. Okay. And it doesn't really make too much of a difference in, in today's society, in, in today's um, work environment. And so we're able to involve him in those businesses and we, you know, we pay him some pocket money, you know, if, if, if he helps me do a job, then he gets some, some pocket money. We recently, um, we're very lucky to have heat beads come on board as a sponsor of the show as a podcast partner. And my son helped me make the video. He spent mm-hmm. all day out, out here in the garden with me running around making this, uh, this advertisement for charcoal. And so as a reward for that, I said, okay, look, you spent all day out here helping me. Here's a, here's your, your share of the, of the profit on that job. Um, we, we do the same thing with the Airbnb. If he helps with that, he gets a, he gets a cut of the, a, a cut of the money. Um, and so we, we've always been, uh, really, in really together. aware yeah. of each other mm-hmm. in the, the circle. And if you're not working together, then none of this works. You're not working. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I have a 1.25 workload in my job. So I'm more than a full-time job. 
at the moment in my job. Um, it's it's a high energy job. It's it's teaching, so I'm in front of a class one point two five, like more than a regular teacher would be. Um, we've got smoking hot confessions. We've got meat and fire media services, and we've got the Haven, which is the Airbnb. And uh, you just have and and then as you said, on top of that, we've got uh, jujitsu. So I teach classes to kids at Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, to two nights a week. My son and I do jiu-jitsu together um, and you've just got to work together. Yeah. Um, Bree's quite involved with her church as well. She does a lot of stuff with that and you just got to make it work. And I, I, I feel like that's something that we've been able to instill in our son. Yeah, for sure. Like, this is business. This is how we make money. This is how we keep the roof over the heads. This is where the money comes from for the food. I need you to be a part of it. This is what I need you to do. Okay, mummy's busy today, right? You and I got to go and do this, and then we're going to cook dinner tonight for mummy mm. and like, all this sort of stuff. So, Do you want to add to that, Bri? I think one of the things that's important to mention as well is like I think people oftentimes, especially when you get to where you're at at the moment, they look at the success that's kind of flooded through quite quickly recently, and they don't see all of the work that yeah. led up to it. They don't see the years of two o'clock in the morning, you know, um, or having to sacrifice family weekends and that sort of thing, sacrifice holidays. And and so I think it's really important to point out two things. One, there's been a lot of work that's gone into this, but also two, I think it's important to understand that most of, most of our successes have actually been fail forwards. Mm. And I'd like you to talk a little bit about that fail forward sort of mentality, because most of the, I would say the majority of the really good things that have happened for us in this business have happened because something went terribly wrong. Mm. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So that that competition in Melbourne that I was talking about before, that was um, that was like a competition eve event for Meatstock Melbourne. And uh, what was going to happen was I was going down there to do that event uh, with that guy, and then I was going to go and just be like a dishwasher on another team. Uh, at, just to be part of Meatstock. Mm. And um, so we're, we're, we're down there. We flew both of us down. Um, you know, accommodation, car rental, the whole lot. And this whole plan of, okay, we're going to MC that competition and then be a part of that competition over the weekend. And um, the guy that I was meant to be working with at Meatstock grabbed me and said, oh, listen, I forgot to tell you, um, I've had to cancel uh, Meatstock. So, oh, sorry, he had to cancel his involvement in yeah. Meatstock. Um, sorry. And I went, ah, okay. Well, Hmm. um, we're here. We've got accommodation for the whole weekend. The flights are, because I'm too tight to pay for (laughs) flexible scheduling of flights. So the, the, (laughs) and and I wasn't going to pay for another flight. So we're not leaving till Sunday night. What are we going to do? And we sort of sat there and just, just had a beer and, laid everything out that we'd brought with us on the, on the table in the, in the Airbnb. And, um, and we looked at it and said, okay, well, we've got a camera, we've got a field recorder, the little audio yep. recorder, and we've got a couple of these little red mics here. Um, all right, let's just go to Meatstock and, and wing it. And so I contacted Jay and I explained what had happened to Jay and said, listen, I've, I'm dead broke. We've spent all the money just to get here. Um, can you, can we get a media pass or something? He's like, yeah, sure, no worries. So he, he emailed us out a, a media pass to get us into Meatstock. And we literally ran around and that's how we came up with the concept of the live at yeah. episodes. 
So we basically took the, and it, it was audio only, and we just ran around and three to five minute interviews yeah. with about a dozen different competitors. Yeah. And that's ended up being one of the most popular episodes that we've ever done. So yeah. that kind of birthed the, the live at episodes, which in turn has now attracted other event promoters to book us to go to their events and do all that as well. Because part of what we do is it helps the competitions a lot on the back end. So leading into a competition, there's not a whole lot that I can do to help. I can do a mail out to our mailing list. I can do a live video and say, hey, this is where we're going to be in two weekends time. Hope, hope we're going to see you there. Head there to buy your tickets, blah, 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 blah. But it's in the back end. It's after the event where what we do really pays off. So we yeah. take photographs. We can drip feed photographs out from the event over the next couple of weeks. Each of those, you know, uh, meet in the dilly, for example, I got 10 of the mini interviews. So one a week for the next 10 weeks, I can drop them out and yeah. then bundle them together into one giant podcast episode and then the After Dark podcast episode. And so what we do is we cement that competition in people's minds so that in 12 months' time when they go to run the competition again, it's well and truly entrenched in people's yeah. minds and they go, oh, yeah, I, I know that event. I've, I've seen a whole bunch of stuff about that. Let, yeah. Let's go to that. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where that came from. Mm-hmm. And, um, and where we are now with the show, and we've already talked about how we've evolved the show since March last year. Um, that's another example of failing forward. Can you have some more? Um, failing forward, it kind of feels like that's usually typically what happens. We know we're onto something usually when it doesn't go right, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. But I also wanted to just kind of come back to the question that you asked earlier in terms of like how we sort of operate as a family while we're doing all of these things. And there are some people that we didn't mention, which I think are really, really important. Ben's dad has been there for us unbelievably. Like when my parents passed away, that was 11 weeks apart. And we actually had to fly to, uh, to Mexico Mexico. because they were living in Mexico and that's where they passed. And, you know, just dealing with um, remains and legalities and all that sort of thing. Ben and I had to pick up and leave. He was immediately here, you know, looked after our home, looked after our son. Uh, Last year I had spinal surgery. You know, he came up, I think Ben had a competition the week after I had that surgery or the week that I had that surgery. So he came up and looked after me. So the team that we have is much larger than just probably what you see in front of the camera. We've got Ben's dad, your aunt Jenny, Nigel, Kyle has helped us. We had Gabriel helping us. We had Cat Brat McQueen helping us. We're now starting to work with you know, Michael from Barry Media U, and we're also working um, with some other people as well. Um, We've got Olive that we just started working with, who's a graphic designer. She uh, runs Creative Subs. So there is this massive team of people that come together to make this happen. And I think it's really important just to, to point out that it's really about adaptability. And it's, I think, really about, like I said, looking at the family unit and not necessarily trying to compare yourself to other people's family units or try to operate in terms of the way you think a family unit looks like or operates like. Like everybody has a responsibility, but everybody has to adapt and change. And so, you know, we're all learning new skills. I'm just recently had to pick up the camera. I haven't picked up the camera since probably when we started. Mm. Um, and at that time I was better at photography than you were, but now the cameras have become so high tech that I don't know how to <laughs> run one. <laughs> 45,000 photos later I've caught up. <laughs> <laughs> and now, you know, of course with him being in front of the camera so much, now I've got to be behind the camera. So 
again, that's just a skill that, you know, you learn and you adapt and you grow. And so I would say that we just, we we're never set, I think, in what it is we are. And I no. think that we always ask the question, what do we have right now to work with? What can we do with what we've got? Yeah, that was, that was kind of how the game show came about. Yeah. And the, and the, the weekly episodes, it was, we, we sat down again and said, okay, what do we have and what can we do with what we've got? And that's why we now run around doing um, photography work with Meat and Fire for other businesses because we went, aha, uh-huh. well, because uh, we, we work in international education. And so I, I was very fortunate enough to be able to keep my job at the college that I work at. But Brie, for example, is, is out of work and has been for about 15 months now. So And the industry's with, not going to be... There's, it's going to be years before that industry recovers. So we basically said, okay, what do we got that we can use that we can make money? And, and help so, businesses as well. And, like that's and, a and really help people as well, which is important to important us. Important part of what we do. Yeah, yeah. So that's how, that's how that side of it came about. Um, so let's get back to events um, and things that are coming up. Tell us about Barbicon. Ah, Barbicon. Yeah, this is, and, and again, this is another thing of, what do we got that, that we can use already? And so part of this whole new system that, that you can see that the viewers can't see on this laptop with that camera and that sort of stuff, it allows me to remote produce. So, for example, um, we could do an interview like the viewers have seen before, like the listeners have heard, where you're at your house, I'm at my house, we use the internet to get together. But we can also do things like you could connect with your phone and have your phone looking at your face and you could get your wife's phone and put your wife's phone looking down on your barbecue. And then I can remove myself from the show and I can remotely produce you cooking something on your barbecue. And so what we're going to do, what Barbicon is, it's a world's first virtual barbecue conference. Mm. And we're going to have an awards night on the, on the Saturday night as well. Um, the Saturday is going to be all about cooking. So we're going to be jumping into the backyards of different pitmasters around the country um, teaching people how to how to really cook, you know, the the best brisket, the most amazing beef ribs, um, you know, championship winning pork ribs, that sort of stuff. And on the Sunday, it's going to be all about businesses. So we're going to be um, jumping into people's workshops, into people's offices, into different um, different barbecue businesses, and sharing wisdom for either people who already have a barbecue business or who want to get into barbecue business. Um, and so the research that I've done during the downtime last year, that's led to me being now being able to do this sort of stuff. And so we're going to be able to live produce that all here and then put that out onto the internet. And so people are going to be able to get that sitting in their lounge rooms, having a cold beer and a snack and, and just enjoy this beautiful uh, online conference experience. And when's it all going to happen? July, July. So we have been saying uh, June, but um, after Consulting after, after consulting with both our solicitor and our accountant, we um we need to get things uh a bit better sorted out before yeah. we do it. So we've, we we pushed it back out to July. Okay, right. uh, okay, we're coming up to uh, our hour. Our time is almost done. Uh, ben Bree, is there anybody that uh, you'd like to acknowledge? The people who have who have helped over this past difficult year, these unprecedented times, as we keep being told. Um, uh, yeah, just to to wrap up this hundred and fiftieth episode with some acknowledgements. Um, how about I start and then you clean up whatever I forget. <laughs> <laughs> you just I'll clean try. up after me. Okay. Um, so first of all, Ed, Ed, as Bree said, we've had a whole lot of support from friends and family. Um, you know, my, my dad came up to spend the weekend with us to be part of the competition team at a competition with that, that we were competing at. 
I, I wasn't even working at it. I was competing at it. And Dad loved to be part of the competition team. And he ended up staying four weeks because we had to run to Mexico. Uh, Nigel's been a long time part of the team. Uh, Anthony from uh, Black Bark Barbecue, he's always there for us. Um, heaps Kyle. of... Sorry? Kyle. Kyle as well, yeah, the, our, our jiu-jitsu teacher. He, um, he not only helps me keep my stress levels down through the, through the physical activity, um, he, he's become a great mate and um, he's been really helpful at, as well. Professionally, I think Julian probably needs the, the the biggest shout out. We get a lot of work through through Julian um, with his barbecue and beer roadshow and Brisbane barbecue festival events. Uh, the the guys up in Townsville, the Townsville barbecue battle. We've had some great support from new people like Rob Cosgrove Cos down in uh, Sydney at Meat and Dilly just recently. Um, you know, heaps of different support from from different people. Yeah, there's heaps of people. Um, I don't think we would have been able to get through this year without the support of people like, for example, Jillian Little Davies. She's been amazing. Oh, Jules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jagged. Um, yep. You know, she. They haven't long, had an easy year of it either, the podcast, yeah. and they've made a point of still continuing to support us and work together, yeah. and that's really helped us grow both our businesses. Definitely. So that's been a wonderful Definitely. partnership. Yep. Um, heat, heat beads as well in that regard. Sure. Yep. And um, also too, I'd like to to say thank you for. Um, that's all right to, to Michael from Very Media. You've been a great help for us this year in terms of getting our voice out there and also to, uh, you know, the crew at BNI Helen's Fail. We've made a lot of connections through that. We've had mm. some people help us with things like contracts and insurances, um, you know. This, Accounting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, this kind of started out as a hobby and, and it's become a, a proper business. And, and, you know, when you do that, and that's the thing I would actually recommend to, to your listeners, if you're looking at, you know, starting up a, a small business, it's really important that you protect yourself and getting together with linking arms with a group of people in your community that know more than you do about things that you don't yeah. know anything mm. about is a really great way to not only you know, support each other's businesses, but it will save you time and save you money and you can grow so much faster and more confidently when you've got those people behind you. Yeah, yeah right. we, um, we're, we're both creatives. Yeah. So the accounting stuff and the legal stuff. Well, that's not where we excel. That's, yeah, I'm, not, that, I'm much the same. <laughs> that's not where we shine. Well, I think we should wrap it up by saying congratulations on, on uh, 150 episodes. Here's to 150 more. And oh, I, I think we you. should put the stakes on. Yes. Excellent. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Thank you. And there you have it, family. That was Bree and I taking you behind the scenes of Smoking Hot Confessions with the help of the fantastic uh, Michael from Very Media. Now, before we wrap this up and let you go, just a couple of quick announcements to just remind you of again. Again, huge thanks to Jagged for being a part of this very special episode. It means a lot to have them on board. Um, they've been behind us from day one. It's beautiful that we're able to help share their message as well. And it's just a, it's a really reciprocal family relationship so thank you very much to Jules and Glenn for for coming on board and partnering with us for this episode. Barbicon's coming up it's been moved from June to July uh, I, I just explained why during the episode and when you are watching the next couple of weeks episodes they were recorded before this episode so I'm going to say June in those episodes but it's July it's definitely 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 July my lawyer says so. <laughs> And uh, come join us at the Smoking on Confessions Barbecue community over on Facebook as well. We'd love to see you there. And if you are on the socials, do give us, you know, all the likes, the comments, the shares, the thumbs up. Do the thing. Really helps us out. So I think that is a wrap. So until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Mm-hmm.
Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions. <laughs>